Thank you for making Locked On Yankees your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms. On today's show, baseball is back. It's back. This isn't a, a drill. It's not a joke. Baseball is back. The deal needs to be ratified tonight, but Jeff Passan says it's a technicality. So, yes, we have things to look forward to. And it's Throwback Thursday, because I'm still doing Throwback Thursday, and it's going to be a fun one. It's going to be an uplifting, positive game, because we need more uplifting and positive stuff next on Locked on Yankees. You are Locked on Yankees, your daily New York Yankees podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, Yankee fans. It's Stacey Gotsoulias, host of Locked On Yankees. It is Thursday, March 10th, and baseball is officially back. Well, almost. We're close to it. The players accepted the owner's deal latest deal. And now I think they need to wait for the owners to do something, then it needs to be ratified. But Jeff Passan said that that's just a technicality. It'll happen. And then once it happens, free agency. That's going to be fun. Maybe. I don't know. I'm I'm hoping it'll be fun for us as Yankee fans, but we'll see what happens. Um, yeah, it's back. I can't believe it. I did not think that this was going to happen. If you've listened to the show for the past couple of weeks, you know how pessimistic I was. I was really expecting this to go on until at least April, May, or June. So this is thrilling that it happened on March 10th. So before we get into everything again, I don't have all the details of the deal. I will probably have all of the details on tomorrow's show. So we're just going to talk about how happy we all are about this. And then we're going to go into Throwback Thursday and look back at a game from 2005 in which a very unlikely hero emerged. But before we get into it, you can listen to the show in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Stitcher, every platform available that you can listen to a podcast with your ears. And then you have YouTube, where you can watch and subscribe to us. And if you have a smart device, tell it to play Locked on Yankees. So very excited. Very, very, you know how excited I am that this is happening? Here. If you're not watching on YouTube, I have colored lights. <gasps> Yay. I'm just kidding. Okay. So the deal's been made. Don't know the details yet. At least I don't think anything's really been revealed about what's happening. Let me just double check that. Everything is on Twitter. Jeff Passan is the one that revealed that a deal had been made because sources told ESPN. By the way, Jeff Passan, <laughs> his Twitter account was hacked today into an NFT account. I still don't understand what NFTs are. I don't know. Anyway, so he was able to tweet as himself on his unhacked account. He got it unhacked and got it back. And yeah, it was very exciting to see everyone's reaction to the lockout being over. Again, it needs to be ratified and official, but right now it looks like we're having baseball back. So yay. Very exciting. As for Throwback Thursday, we're going back to the year 2005, the month of July, the day, the 31st. It happened to be the last day of July of 2005. And the significance of this game 
is that it was a walk-off victory for the Yankees. And there was an unlikely hero. And that's always a fun walk-off story. You know, I've been to walk-offs with Alfonso Soriano hitting one, Jorge Posada hitting one, Derek Jeter hitting one. Who else? Mike Ford. No, that was unlikely. <laughs> and this one wasn't a walk-off home run. Oh, Brett Gardner. I saw him hit his first walk-off hit ever on July 6th, 2008 against Jan Jonathan Jonathan. No, Jonathan Papelbon. That was a fun game. So this game was July 31st, 2005. It was the Yankees against the Angels. And the Yankees had actually walked off against the Angels the day before. And that day was Hideki Matsui was the hero. And, you know, Yankee fans didn't really like the Angels. They knocked the Yankees out in 2002. They ended up knocking them out again in 2005. So any small victory against the Angels was a good one. So let's get to it. Let's look at everything. It was a Sunday. It was very warm that day. Not oppressively warm. It was like low 80s. It was a lovely, sunny summer day in July of 2005. There were 53,653 people at this game. And your starters, Chris Buchek for the Angels and Randy Johnson for the Yankees. Now, I discussed a Yankee, a Yankee, I discussed a Randy Johnson start yesterday in which he did not have a fun time. And, uh, well, he didn't have a fun time in this start either. The Yankees had to make a comeback. Yeah. The other things about this game. I was with three of my friends. It was cap day. So we got those cheapo, um, what was the patch on the, was it a Hess cap or was that later? But you know, it was the, um, it wasn't a fitted cap. It was the, um, why can't I think of the word? I thought of it last night and now I can't think of it. You know what I mean? The cap that you, the closure on the back, the cheap plastic closure on the back. It'll come to me the more I speak. So anyway, we got those caps. It was cap day. Everyone was excited because of the game before and things didn't start off too terrible for the Yankees, at least if I recall correctly, but let's go through the lineups because you know we love doing that. You'll see a lot of familiar names here. The Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, because, you know, they had to have the longest name ever back in 2005. Sean Figgins, Orlando Cabrera, Vladimir Guerrero, Garrett Anderson, Juan Rivera, Benji Molina, Miser Isturis, I remember him, Jose Molina, Adam Kennedy. And as I said, Bootcheck was your starter. For the Yankees, Derek Jeter, Robinson Cano, Gary Sheffield, Alex Rodriguez, Hideki Matsui, Jason Giambi, Tino Martinez, Bernie Williams, John Flaherty, because he was Randy Johnson's personal catcher back in 2005. Do you remember those days? Yeah. 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 Oh, boy. Yeah. I mean, I get it. He's the big name starter. You sign him for big bucks and you want to make him happy, but John Flaherty couldn't hit. No offense, but he couldn't. Anyway, first inning, let's look quickly as I scroll. Oh, umpires, Gary Darling, Tom Hallian, Paul Nauert, and Mark Wegner. I know three of those names. I don't really know the other one. Okay. So things didn't happen in this game. Top of the first, well, okay, the top of the first was a little frightening for Randy Johnson, but not quite. 
Figgins led off with a single. Remember Sean? He was a pain in the ass. I remember him being one of those angels that I just, I, I loathed whenever he came up to the plate because he was just one of those guys that shouldn't have been good, but he was. <laughs> He's just annoying. Um, he hit a single, but then he was caught stealing when Cabrera was up. Then Cabrera walked. Vladimir Guerrero hit a fly ball. Cabrera stole second, and then Garrett Anderson grounded out. So, okay, wasn't too bad. One hit, one left on base for the Angels in the top of the first against Buchek. Jeter hit a single, Cano hit a line out to center field, and then Gary Sheffield grounded into a double play. Around the horn double play. It was hit to third, they threw it to second, then threw it to first. Top of the second, one, two, three inning for Randy Johnson. Juan Rivera and Benji Molina both hit ground outs to third, and then Isturis hit, no, he didn't hit anything. He struck out swinging. That doesn't constitute a hit now, does it? <laughs> no. <laughs> So things were quiet at first, which is nice. Um, you know, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Was it quiet? I don't know. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, people weren't really rowdy that day. It was a Sunday. And again, like I said, it was low 80s, sunny. And when you're sitting in the upper deck in Yankee Stadium, or at least at old Yankee Stadium, you would get hot pretty quickly and tired. And you're just like sitting there baking in the sun. Now, the Yankees scored first, thanks to my boy, Jason Giambi. Alex Rodriguez struck out swinging, Hideki Matsui grounded out, and then Giambi hit a home run on the fourth pitch. Then Tino Martinez hit a single, Bernie Williams hit a fly ball to center field. So the Yankees were only up one nothing. It wasn't a big deal. It wasn't like they gave up a three-run lead. Right? I don't think. Wait, now I'm... <laughs> Let me make sure that didn't happen. Yeah, no, it didn't happen. That's right, Benji Molina. We'll get to Benji Molina in a second. Before we get to that, are you ready to discover your purpose and leave an impact wherever you go? Mission Possible, written and read by Tim Tebow, author and athlete Tim Tebow, encourages you to find your inspiration, pursue your purpose, and create a life for yourself that counts. Ignite a new spark in your life through this inspirational listen. Mission Impossible by New York Times bestselling author Tim Tebow is available everywhere audiobooks are sold. Thank you for making Locked On Yankees your first listen every day. Why not make your second listen of the day Locked On MLB Prospects? Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. That show is also free and available wherever you get your podcasts. So we're heading into the top of the third. Well, the top of the third, the bottom of the third were the same for both starting pitchers. Three up, three down. The top of the fourth is when things got dicey for Randy Johnson. Cabrera singles. Vladimir Guerrero strikes out swinging. Cabrera steals second again while Garrett Anderson is up, but Garrett Anderson strikes out swinging. Then Juan Rivera walks, and Benji Molina hits a home run of the three-run variety, and the Angels go up 3-1. The Yankees don't do anything in the bottom of the fourth. Jose Molina gets in on the home run party, leads off the top of the fifth with a solo shot, putting the Angels up 4-1. Things are quiet until the bottom of the seventh when Esteban Yan comes in to replace Chris Butchek. And Jason Giambi hits another home run and makes it 4-2 Angels. Now, the Yankees don't score after that, but it is his second home run of the day. And if you recall correctly, July 
2005 was the month in which Jason Giambi went absolutely ham on the baseball because that was the year when he came back from all the Balco stuff and he had that very evasive press conference before the season started where he alluded to taking steroids but didn't really exactly admit that he took steroids. We all knew. We all knew what he was saying. And I remember the writers back then saying, why doesn't, why doesn't he say anything? Would you come out and say, yeah, I was sticking needles in my ass? No, you wouldn't. So anyway... He had a very slow start to 2005. They wanted to send him down to the minors. He refused. And then couple that with the fact that the Yankees re-signed Tino Martinez and he had a May to remember. So Jason Giambi's year starts off slow and then he starts looking more like himself. And the thing that turned everything around was a walk-off home run against the Pirates on June 15th of 2005. He hit that home run off Joe Mesa. And... I remember it going up into the upper deck and Bobby Mercer had the home run call on that walk off. And it wasn't a great call, but I was very excited for Jason Giambi because it felt like his season had turned around then. And then, as I said, he went absolutely ham in July and I believe he hit 13 or 14 home runs. And I was at, let's see, I went to three games and he hit home runs every time. He hit two that day. He hit one July 10th when I saw him hit a ball off Jake Westbrook of the Indians that went three-fourths of the way up the right field bleachers. It looked like it should have had flight attendants on it because it was still going up. into. It was a bomb. It was an absolute bomb. So that was his second home run of the day. And as I said, it pulled the Yankees to within 4-2. And then the top of the eighth, Randy Johnson is still in the game. And Jorge Posada had pinch hit in the bottom of the seventh. So he goes in to catch Randy Johnson. Now, did this have anything to do with Randy Johnson kind of falling apart? Probably not. Adam Kennedy is hit by a pitch to start the inning. Sean Figgins grounds out, bunt Ground out. That's right. He sacrificed Kennedy at second base. Cabrera hits a double to left that scores Kennedy. Then Torrey brings in Tanyan Sturtz to replace Randy Johnson, and then he hits Vlad Guerrero. Alan Embry comes in to replace Tanyan Sturtz. Yes, the 2005 Yankees had some people on that squad. Garrett Anderson's up. Cabrera steals third. Guerrero steals second, and then they intentionally walk the bases loaded. Juan Rivera hits a sack fly. Cabrera scores. It's 6-2 Angels. And at this point in the game, my friend Dan took his hat. Snapback. It's a snapback. That's what it is. I knew I would get it. Okay. He takes the hat. And where I sat in old Yankee Stadium, in my old seats, we were the fifth row of the upper deck, and we had a railing in front of us. It went all around the stadium. And my friend Dan, hit. he bashed his hat into the railing and it broke the snapback part of his hat. So his cheap cap day cap was ruined. He thought his day was ruined because the Yankees were down 6-2 against the Angels. But I thought to myself, well, they came back yesterday. Why can't they do it two days in a row? Didn't I open the show saying that I'm pessimistic? Why was I so optimistic that day? I wonder. Anyway, bottom of the eighth. Brendan Donnelly comes in. Remember that name? I remember that name because, you know, as I said, 2005 wasn't great for the Yankees in the division series against the Angels, but at least things were good this day. Gary Sheffield walks. A-Rod strikes out swinging. 
Donnelly uncorks a wild pitch that allows Sheffield to get to second. Hideki Matsui hits a single that scores Sheffield. Giambi walks. Matsui makes it to second, obviously. Scott Shields comes in to replace Brendan Donnelly. Remember that name, too. Tino Martinez reaches on an E3. Matsui scores. Giambi makes it to third. And then Tino makes it to second on that era. Pinch hitting, no, pinch running for Tino, Bubba Crosby, because no offense to Tino Martinez, and I say this about Jorge Posada, but they both ran like they had full diapers with a piano strapped to their back. I mean, it was just not fun watching either one of them run. Bernie Williams hits a fly ball, sacrifice fly, scores Giambi, Crosby makes it to third. Jorge Posada walks, Derek Jeter hits a single, Crosby scores, Posada makes it to third. They tie the game. It's 6-6. Six, six. I think maybe Dan bashing his hat and breaking it kind of gave the Yankees mojo. So four runs on two hits, one error, two left on base. It is 6-6. And we come down to, oh, that's right. How did I forget? It wasn't that it was tied. The Angels went ahead. Yeah, now I remember. You know, it was almost 17 years ago, people. And I dare you to try and remember things from 17 years ago that well. Anyway, let's get to it. So they tie the game. Then the top of the ninth is quiet. The bottom of the ninth is quiet. The top of the tenth, not so quiet. It's against Mo. What? Okay, <laughs> that I remember. Figgins hits a triple. And I remember him running the bases and me being like, are you serious? This I, I, As I said earlier, he's, he was such a pain in the ass. So he hits a triple. Orlando Cabrera lines out to first, and then Vlad Guerrero hits a single. Obviously, Figgins is going to score. And then Garrett Anderson hits into a line drive double play, and the Angels are up 7-6. So we're angry again because we think, oh no, here we go. Everything is ruined. But it wasn't. It was not. It was actually, I saw something that I never thought I would ever see in my life, and you will find that out in a bit. But first, let's talk about Bilt Bar. Have you tried their puffs? If you haven't, you are missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. They're the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, they're not just a protein bar, they're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. They're a fan favorite, and there are some incredible flavors, including churro, which is cinnamony, and just, ugh, if you like a churro, and you want it covered in chocolate, get the puff. They also have coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie, all built Bars, no matter if they're puffs or the regulars, are covered in 100% chocolate. And if you go to built.com, you can scroll down, check out the macros chart, and just see how good they are for you. Flavors. You know my favorite. If you've listened to the show, watch the show, mint brownie, mint brownie, mint brownie. But they have coconut, coconut, almond, double chocolate. That's also a good one. And there are new flavors coming out all the time. If they think a flavor is going to be good, they'll make it and they will make it good for you. So go to built.com, use our promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, but choosing the brand that their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to Rock Auto in your home and in your pocket. Save time and money when you use Rock Auto. 
They're a family business. They've been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for every customer, whether you're Joe Schmo or if you have an auto shop. They have everything you need from brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. So go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. So here we are. It is the bottom of the 10th inning. Kevin Gregg comes in to replace Joel Peralta, who I forgot was pitching. Bernie Williams hits a double. Jorge Posada strikes out swinging. Tony Womack, this is important. Pinch runs for Bernie Williams. Derek Jeter, while he's up. Greg uncorks a wild pitch. What's with the wild pitch and hit by pitches that day? It wasn't like it was, it wasn't bad weather. It was nice weather. What was going on? So Womack makes it to third. Jeter walks. Robinson Cano strikes out swinging. And then Gary Sheffield hits a single and Womack scores to tie the game. A-Rod comes up and strikes out swinging. He did not have a good game that day, but I was so, I was paying attention to Jason Giambi. So I didn't care that A-Rod wasn't doing anything. So the Yankees at least tie the game. In the bottom of the 10th. Top of the 11th, Tom Gordon comes in to replace Mo, and he gets a 1-2-3 inning. He gets Juan Rivera to ground out to the pitcher. Benji Molina grounds out to short, and then Isturis flies out to right field. So here we go, bottom of the 11th. Hideki Matsui leads off with a triple. You don't see that too often. Jason Giambi is intentionally walked. Honestly, I don't blame them after the way he was hitting all day. Andy Phillips strikes out swinging. Remember Andy Phillips? Yes. Now, this is the fun part. So as I said, Tony Womack was pinch running for Bernie Williams. Well, Tony Womack is up. And that day, Mike Sosha thought he could be cute. And he had a drawn-in five-man infield for Tony Womack. And what did Tony Womack do? He hit a single that got through the five-man infield Matsui scored, the Yankees win, 8-7. They walk off for the second day in a row. I'd never seen a walk-off on a five-man infield before, so that was fun. I'd seen plenty of walk-offs and all different types of walk-offs. Walk-off doubles, walk-off home runs, walk-off singles, walk-off walks. And yeah, no, that was the first time. And, you know, Tony Walmack was not doing well. He had been relegated to the bench and after that walk-off happened and everyone was celebrating, I vividly recall Tony Womack almost recoiling <laughs> when Joe Torre hugged him to congratulate him on that walk-off single because he was like, yeah, whatever. Whatever. I won the game for you. Whatever. But he really, I mean, he wasn't doing well. That's why they brought Robinson Cano up. Cano and Wong in 2005. Robinson Cano was 22 in 2005. Ugh. He's turning 40. Oh, my God. Robinson Cano is turning 40. That is... Oh, my God. That's crazy to think about. He was a baby when he came up with the 2005 Yankees. Do you remember that? Melky came up for a little bit, didn't do well. Then he came up in 2006, did better. Yeah, those were the days. The, the, the mid-2000 Yankees were very frustrating. Very, very frustrating. In fact... Pinstripe Alley had an article, I believe it was yesterday, talking about the Yankees' best offense. 
and they concluded that the 2007 offense was the Yankees' best offense, if you went by certain offensive stats. And when you think of 2007, that was when the pitching was really iffy. They started off the year horribly. It was, they were like under 500, and I thought they were 11 and 18 at one point, right? And they were close to 500 at the All-Star break, and then they kind of hit a stride in the second half. And they still only won the wild card, but at least they made the playoffs. That was the same year when the Mets were doing really well, right? And the Yankees weren't doing well. And I've told this story before that my EVP at the time at NBC and his executive assistant were big Mets fans and just rubbing it in my face that the Yankees were horrible, the Mets were great, and they just wouldn't stop teasing me. And then the day of the last game of the season when Tom Glavin pooped the bed against the Marlins and the Mets were eliminated from the playoffs on the very last day of the season. Yeah, I will admit I was laughing in my apartment. Look, they were teasing me all season. I didn't do anything to deserve it. I was just a Yankee fan. I never trash talked. I never did anything to them and they just would not stop. They even did it one night when we were out with our coworkers I think someone was leaving the company and they were heckling me in the bar. So you bet your butt I was happy that Monday when I went into work. Didn't say anything, but I was thrilled that the Mets lost. So yeah, 2007 was a very strange year. 2005, as I said, they may have beat the Angels two out of three in this series, but woof, the division series. My one vision from that division series, Bubba Crosby and Sheffield crashing trying to catch a fly ball on that wall in Anaheim. Oh, I hated the Angels so much. I really did. Uh, intensely disliked. My brother doesn't like when I use the word hate, so I apologize. I intensely disliked the Angels, but most Yankee fans did. And when they finally were able to beat them in 2009, which I said they would because it was a seven-game series, and there's a big difference between a seven-game series and a five-game series. And you know what? If 2002 and 2005 were ALCSs instead of division series... They could have gone totally differently. You never know. So yeah, Tony Womack is your walk-off hero. Walk-off a hero. What was that from? Oh, Raul Abanez's infamous walk-off against the Orioles in the Division Series 10 years ago. Oh, hey, the anniversary of that's coming up soon. We'll have to do a deep dive into that game because that was fun. Hmm. So as I said, tomorrow's show will be about the deal because... I mean, of course it's going to be about the deal. And if you want to listen to another show that'll tell you all about the deal, sorry, there's a phone ringing and I can't get to it. Maybe someone's calling me about baseball being back. Are you as excited as I am, phone? Because I'm just very excited. Anyway, you can listen to Locked on MLB. Call Francis Sullivan. Please call him Sully. His show is available on every platform, just like Locked On Yankees is. And speaking of Locked On Yankees, that's it for this episode. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now that the lockout is over, it is going to be every day. We'll be back to five days a week. Not sure exactly when, but it will be soon. I'd like to remind you that you can listen to this show in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. 
You can watch and subscribe to us on YouTube. And when you get into your car, you can tell your smart device to play podcast, Locked on Yankees. One more thing, if you could be so kind, please rate the podcast and spread the word about this podcast to your fellow Yankee fans. We'd really appreciate it. Enjoy your Thursday. Celebrate the fact that baseball is back. And I will talk to you tomorrow. Oh, 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 oh,